wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, May 7th, 2020. I am Graham G.S. and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. A near two-hour episode on tap for you fine folks here today. We're not only talking Money in the Bank this Sunday with Mr. Marcel, our picks, previews, and predictions for every match in the card, but we're also talking to Dark Side of the Ring star Eddie Mansfield. From the Slap Heard Around the World episode that aired last week on Vice, Eddie Mansfield was a big talking point coming out of that episode. He has a lot to say about the episode itself, the John Stossel 2020 documentary that aired over 30 years ago. What he's up today, oh, what he's up to today, the current state of the wrestling business, praise for many people currently involved in wrestling, including the, uh, the stars of AEW and many other people. It's a great talk, an awesome interview with Eddie himself. Very much appreciate his time. We're talking to him today. We're talking to Mr. Marceau. Before we get to any of that, you guys can find me on the socials on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash uh, Graham.GSM.Matthews, and also on YouTube at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Matthews. You can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday, not only on NextAirWrestling.net, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean. We're on uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere where you could find podcasts. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show to get every new episode when it drops on Thursdays. So as I said on Twitter on, I think it was Tuesday of this week, we're not only talking to Eddie Mansfield here today for a great chat about Dark Side of the Ring and everything else going on with him, but also next week we have a very special guest on, which I will reveal probably either today, um, a little later on today, or maybe it's already been announced, I'm not sure, I'm not going to break the news just yet here on the podcast, but check out my socials for more news on that, that audio with a very certain... Uh, notable name that you will definitely know, and, and it's going to be well worth uh, checking out here on the show next week before our Money in the Bank preview, or rather a uh, uh, review, the, the, the review of the pay-per-view with RJ. That interview, that very special mystery interview goes up next week. And then the week after that, on the so today is the 7th, next week is the 14th, for our AEW Double or Nothing prediction show, before we talk to RJ previewing that pay-per-view, I'm going to be airing my exclusive interview that went up on What Culture a couple days ago with Impractical Joker star Brian Q. Quinn. That was a great chat. That's going up in two weeks here on the show. So today we're talking to Eddie Mansfield. Next week, a very certain special superstar. You will definitely know who they are. And then uh, in two weeks, Brian Q. Quinn. So a lot of great, big, awesome interviews coming up on WrestleRant Radio in the month of May. Without further ado, let's welcome at this time the CEO of Mansfield Entertainment, fresh off his appearance on Dark Side of the Ring last week, Eddie Mansfield. Eddie, welcome to the show. Well, it, it's a pleasure to be with you today. And um, I enjoyed doing, you know, the Viceland episode. It was one of the highest rated they had. And, um, you know, when you get Eddie Mansfield on TV, it usually brings a lot of ratings because I don't 
I don't do a lot of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I just stick to television producing and and stuff like that. That's what I do. And so when I show up, things seem to happen differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you caught any? And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I was just going to ask. Have you caught any other episodes of the show up to this point prior to that one airing? Um. No, I hadn't been able to watch a lot of it mm-hmm. uh, because I've, I've been busy, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm prepping two series right now, and um, and I, I don't watch a lot of television uh, because producing it, I want to make sure I don't I don't you know get influenced by by anything that I see. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, I watch uh, you know the news every now and then to catch a weather, you know, but that's that's about it. So in the last, well, this story took place over 30 years ago. How far have you been removed from the wrestling business since this whole thing took place? Well, I, uh, last time I was in the wrestling ring was, uh, 2005, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, Dory Funk Jr. Okay. And, and so, uh, that's, a, you know, I, I wrestled in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and the two thousands. Mm-hmm. So that's four decades. So you continue to wrestle well after the uh, 2020 special that aired back in the 80s. Well, what I did, yes. What I did was uh, I actually, uh, uh, I was living in New York and, and learning the, the tele- I lived in Manhattan for for a long time. And and what I did is uh, I cut a deal with uh, Universal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a production deal with Universal for almost 14 years. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I took, I was the first guy to ever soundstage professional wrestling. And, um, we went in and soundstaged it and, uh, you know, we had just a run of the park. Universal treated me, uh, just unbelievably great. And I, and I love Universal to this day. And, um, you know, I put a lot of my, a lot of my guys were, uh, became superstars out of the IWF. And, um, you know, I created, uh, what you know as the smoking guns, they were the long riders for me. Mm-hmm. And I had Rob Van Dam, I had Nasty Ronnie, uh, I had the Possessor, I had the uh, Neil Stewart was a stomper. You know, I had the, the Heartbreakers. I mean, I had a lot of, lot of. I had Blackjack Mulligan was my world champion. I had a lot of great, great, you know, athletes, and that that turned out. And we were trying to to get. You know the stuff that I I preach about all the time was SAG, and we just and the business was in such a lull in the '90s, and we just couldn't get it up. You know, well no, nobody was drawing. WWE was well, it was WWF at the time. And they were they weren't drawing. WCW wasn't drawing, and we had a tough time drawing. And and so it was a bad time for the business. And and I was talking to the um, you know the SAG people in Florida at the time when I was in Florida and um, trying to uh, get something for the guys, you know, benefits, you know, are you married? I'm not married. No. Okay. Well, I'm sure you have friends. You have brothers and sisters. I do. I do. Yes. Are they married? Yeah. I have a, I have a friend that's getting married actually really soon. So that's pretty topical. Yeah. So when, when you, when you think of your friends or family, Mm -hmm that that have benefits from a job mm-hmm. right that that when they, they get sick or they get hurt or they get uh, other things uh with their children they can take it take them to a doctor or a hospital yep 
well, professional wrestling, oh, they say that, that, oh, yeah, if you get hurt in the ring, when I was wrestling, they wouldn't pay for squat. Mm-hmm. So when, when, um, when you get hurt now, I guess that my understanding is they'll take care of you right then. You know what I mean? They'll mm-hmm. pay for that bill. But what happens when you have a reoccurring something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's your back or your knee or whatever, you know, yep. um, and you have a reoccurring stuff and who's going to pay for that? Mm-hmm. Because wrestlers, uh, you know, you, you, you hear like one or two guys that, that may have planned themselves. They say plan, uh, you know, for them being a, a 1099 guy, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I think it's BS. I don't believe that they plan for anything. Because I've been I've been around the wrestling business since I was 19 years old, and and wrestlers never had health insurance, never had anything. You know, it was run like a sweatshop, and that's when I I, I brought up and I'm going to explain this to all these these fans out there who doesn't understand that when I said that Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves but forgot to free the professional wrestlers, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to explain that to you. Yeah, that was because, one of my questions for you. Yeah. The, yeah, because wrestling is run like a sweatshop, mm-hmm. even to this day. And it's a billion-dollar industry. And what I wanted to do with 2020, and that, that egomaniac John Stossel screwed me, was compare wrestling, which in, in those days it was over 35 territories, and it was a billion-dollar industry back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. All right? Well, now you know for a fact that, that, that Vince signed a billion-dollar uh, deal with, with Fox. Yep. Well, well, you can bet your sweet butt that everybody that's on Fox, that's employed by Fox, right? Mm-hmm. He, he uh, Sean Hannity, I guarantee he's got insurance from Fox or, or, or SAG. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? All right. Well, here's, here's Vince. Okay. He gives you a 1099, yep. but you can't work for anybody else but him. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how is that? How can that be? You're an employee then. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? It's not It's not. Uh, all of a sudden, it, if I can't go make some extra money over here, well, I'm actually employed by you. Mm-hmm. And being a public company, I don't see how in the world they're not forcing him to have benefits for, for wrestlers. And that not was, just to pay, just not to pay when they get hurt in the ring, yeah. but have insurance, well, which would be easy for him to do. SAG, SAG, well, he's admitted it was entertainment. He, 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 what I told years ago, if they would have went ahead and done that, would have probably saved 200 lives mm-hmm. of wrestlers. And that's a lot. And, and I can tell you, if it would have been football, baseball, NBA, soccer, mm-hmm. or hockey, and 200 guys have died since then, they'd, shut, they, they, they'd be a, a big investigation about it. Mm-hmm. And they're, it, they, they treat wrestlers like second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where uh, the Abraham Lincoln stuff comes in. That's where I have a real problem because – because we're professional athletes, and we're some of the best, mm-hmm. and we need to be treated that way. 
on all forms and all sides. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you too and why I felt your comments on this episode, just the episode in general, are so relevant right now because have you seen the John Oliver piece from last year about the whole independent contractor thing on WWE and whatever? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that. Who did that? John Oliver. So it's definitely worth checking out. It's on YouTube in full. It's like a 23-minute video, and it's basically everything you just said. And this whole thing was relevant about a year ago. It was right before WrestleMania. kind of died down, didn't really go anywhere, um, although it should have, because it's basically everything you just said about how they're classified as independent contractors, which, as you said, should allow them to wrestle for other places, do other work, do other things. But they're not. They're technically employees, but they're not classified as employees. It's well worth checking out, which is why I thought your comments were so relevant and whatnot. Well, what's uh, you know the, the difference is I've been preaching this since the eighties. Yep. Yeah. And there, there's maybe this new crop of guys are are not so worried about since it's entertainment, and it's been. Everything that I ever said was justified by Vince McMahon coming out and saying it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah, no, I, I heard you mention that in the episode as well. And so, uh, well, okay, well, Vince could, could correct a, a, a really bad wrong that has been inflicted upon professional wrestlers forever. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you had a sweatshop they'd shut you down. Yep. Right? Yep. Well, well, I can tell you one thing with, with, um, with pro wrestling, it's a sweatshop still. It's just, it's just got a little bit more glamor to it. Mm-hmm. And with this, you know, the 2020 documentary that came out and a lot of people for myself included, I've been watching wrestling for a long time. I knew nothing of this whole entire story, which is why I found it so fascinating your involvement in it, the John Stossel story. Um, you, you talked about John Stossel earlier, kind of uh, the misconceptions around why he wanted to do the piece and your involvement in it and whatnot. Have you had any contact with John Stossel since that whole thing happened? Uh, I talked to him one time, and um, I really don't have a lot of respect for John Stossel mm-hmm. because they screwed me on that piece. Mm-hmm. And um, it became an egomaniac um, deal. Where, where, when I told them not to uh, interview David, or he would get slapped. It's in the transcript. You can read it. Yep. And I told him, I said, "Look, I ha- I don't have any problem with Vince. I don't even know him. Mm-hmm. I had the I had the problem with Ole Anderson. Well, Ole sent him to Vince. See, Ole's a good liar. He's always been a liar. Mm-hmm. And the families he's ruined. Forget about it. And that's just him. Mm-hmm. And and um. I can tell you one thing. So what happened was instead of doing what they said they were going to do, compare professional wrestling with the other, other pro sports and how the other pro athletes, cause we are pro athletes. Yep. All right. How we're treated compared to, to, to other leagues. Well, you got a billion dollar industry in wrestling and it treats the guys like, like scum mm-hmm. and like second class citizens. And you can't tell me that if, if you're a diva now and you're, you're, you've wrestled for one or two or three years and you have a baby, who's going to pay for that baby? Mm-hmm. You're going to pay for that baby is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
that's coming out of your pocket. And then what happens? There, there are so many guys that in it's been over four hundred guys that that died that never made it into the fifties. Mm-hmm. You realize that? How, how many? I mean, all the people that are listening, you need to look back and and say four hundred people have died in the wrestling business. Just crazy. And okay, a lot of them say 200 could have been stopped, right? Yep. Say 200 uh, wouldn't have had to take the pain pills or wouldn't have had to do this or wouldn't. Because let me tell you something. After you wrestle and you go to a bar and have a couple of drinks and then you come up here into a room and, and you're, you're in a room uh, at night all by yourself and, and everything starts coming down on you. Mm. You know, your knees hurt, your back hurts, your neck hurts, your head hurts. Everything hurts. It's so different than a football player. Mm-hmm. But we just don't have any pads. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can tell you, I love I love professional wrestling. I always have. But I always wanted it to be treated as a professional sport, not like a sweatshop. And before coming into wrestling too, you had mentioned on the special that you were playing baseball before you got into wrestling, right? Yeah, I played baseball. Yep. And um, I would have, that's my first love, baseball. Mm-hmm. And so when I threw my arm out, I had to go find something to do. And so thus wrestling. And um, it's like I said, I'm probably the only guy in the history of professional wrestling to be, be rookie of the year two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really funny. It, but, it, it, you know, it's just part of the business, mm-hmm. you know, only because I was so young. I was young, young and, and I drew money at, at, at an early age, mm-hmm. and I and I was fortunate. I, I, you know, I was blessed with a lot of talent. I could talk on the mic, and I was blessed with mm-hmm. with the stuff that that makes things happen. When you watch my matches, if you if you go watch some of my matches and my promos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you you can see that. You will see what's what and what's you know. How much, how good I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the top 10 in, in, in the business and, and, and not only, uh, in the top 10 for the world's heavyweight belt, but top 10 tag team and top 10 most hated mm-hmm. many, 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 many times in the magazines. And, and, and so when all, when that, all that happened to me, when I wouldn't kick back 20% of my money, I was going, I was being booked all over the country as it was I didn't need this guy to take my money mm-hmm. but you know they did and so I did what I had to do and I've, I've tried to better the business you know all that pop and circumstances look good but let me tell you something when 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 all that glamour is gone when you're not in front of that camera every week and all that glamour is is not and people don't recognize you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to go to autograph shows and all that stuff, you see all these uh, crippled up wrestlers, mm-hmm. and they're they hardly paid any decent money to go sign autographs. Mm-hmm. That's how come I don't ever do those. Yeah. I've only done one, and I got what I. I you're going to either pay me or I'm not going to come. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't really need it. I made I made a, a good living for myself, and I still do. Mm-hmm. And I just don't allow people to mistreat me. You're going to pay me my money, or I'm not going to show up. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, it, that's why wrestlers need SAG. They need, uh, especially these young guys today, because when they they get older in their forties and and stuff, they're gonna be all crippled up mm-hmm. because of the bumps. Believe me. They'll be all crippled up, and there's nothing you can do about it because of the. That's just the nature of the business. But who's going to pay those bills then? Where's your money going to come from? Mm-hmm. Do you think? Well, a lot of this talk too, I've heard over the years from like different people about basically the general gist of what you're talking about as well when it comes to again the independent contractor stuff and um, and whatever. But a, a popular topic and relate and you know kind of relative to that is the idea of a wrestling union. Do you ever see that becoming a possibility? Have you ever thought about that as well? I, I don't think that we need a union. We well, you, you would have a union if you joined SAG. Okay, yeah. And and I'm going to preach this uh, one more time. A professional wrestler who's been on, on, on worldwide television, on a national program, right? Mm-hmm. Like a USA Network. Or Fox. Or, yeah. or, or, or Fox or TNT. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are qualified to join SAG. Mm-hmm. Okay, not only as a performer, as a as 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 a uh, actor, but also they fall under when they took that that suplex or they took that body slam, and and you know those hurt. You know they they're 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 not padded up like they are in the movies. You know, mm-hmm. and so. They fall under the Stuntman's Association. So professional wrestlers can qualify twice. You know what I mean? So there's no ifs, ands, or buts if they can't get in or not. Mm-hmm. And and they all ought to join SAG. Then that way they get, they're making enough money now that they fall under the guidelines of SAG. And then the company matches like any other company. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. What I don't understand is why the wrestling business has to be a scumbag business, and it's run that way. Only, only the promoters really share in that, and maybe one percent, the one percent maybe get it. Mm-hmm. You understand? But they don't get benefits and all this other stuff. And and why don't the other guys? And there's enough of them now, and wrestling's going to be fine because. There's a good group group of young guys coming up and and, and doing it, the right thing, and you know I I think AEW may be the 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 one that really turns the crank into giving it um, benefits. See, they could jo- just join, be a SAG signature, and boom, that that would be it. They wouldn't have to worry about all the other. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? And so. It would be it would be great for for all the the, the guys because when they get crippled up, so what you paid for me when I was twenty years old? Well, who's going to pay for my aches and pains and 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 all this arthritis when I, I'm in my forties? Yep. You know who's going to pay for that? Mm-hmm. Because you can't get you know how uh, how difficult insurance is to get a wrestler to get insurance. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious, man! Mm-hmm. I mean, it's to the roof. Mm-hmm. 
that's why you got to go to a SAG. And I, I just really don't understand why that, you know, he's making billions of dollars, just, just Vince. Mm-hmm. And he puts, he, he puts these guys on little legend contracts to get them a little money, ever, keeps them quiet. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand, so, yeah. You know, and, and that's not, you know, that's, that's not the best thing for, for everybody. These younger guys, I think, are, are, see, they're, they're a lot smarter than the older guys were. The older guys who want to protect kayfabe so bad at, at the expense of their own families and everything else. But what were you, what were you protecting? There was no kayfabe in Los Angeles and there was no kayfabe in New York. Mm-hmm. The only kayfabe existed was, was in the South. At that point, you're talking about back in the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I I got programs, and I can send you one. It says on the back, and in in the bottom of the programs in Los Angeles, and I was on top in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and 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 it says at the bottom these these matches are all exhibitions. Hmm. That was back started in 78 when I went into Los Angeles. Oh, wow. I was like 19 years old, you know? Yeah. One thing, actually, when you mentioned that, I was going to ask you this too, coming off of those comments, because I was curious. I've seen other people bring this up before. I can't exactly credit one person because I can't remember where I heard it. But I know someone brought up a while ago, and this isn't hasn't been talked about too much, when it comes to the whole SAG thing and everything else. Do you think it would be if they were to join SAG, but even maybe if not, with professional wrestling, like we, you, you see a television show, and at the end of it, you watch the credits, and they'll show, you know, so-and-so is played by so-and-so or whatever. Do you think wrestling would benefit from having that sort of thing as well? Because if you watch the shows then, now, I mean, professional wrestling, they don't really get the credit for being recognized who they actually are, if that makes sense. Does, does that make any sense to you at all? Well, I, I when I had the IWF, I did credits, you know, for my crews and oh, okay. all that stuff. Awesome. But but not so much for wrestlers because they they were going under different names, you oh, know. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's like with twenty twenty, I had a, a book deal, a six, you know, pretty big book deal. They offered me a huge amount of money to to uh, expose, you know, what what the life and and in in the locker room was and and about the girls and all that and you know that's not what i'm about mm-hmm. I, I i'm never gonna uh, expose those kind of stories because i'm not here to to uh have divorces from the stories i tell or i i would have told back then because the business is tough enough mm-hmm. being gone all the time it was hard enough on your marriage and, and I used to see so many guys get divorced and, and I couldn't, and that's, I didn't do 2020 to, uh, to hurt the guys. I, I did it to, to get us benefits. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's the bottom line right there. And, and, and John Stossel had a different agenda. Mm-hmm. He won't... had a, he, he, he's just a damn idiot. And, and, and he, he had a different agenda than what I was promised. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's how come if you ever listen to anything I've ever done from the time I did 2020 until now, mm-hmm. I have never ever wavered or, or said anything different. Mm-hmm. With John Stossel, I got to ask too. So you've seen the full episode that came out last week, right? 
Yeah, I saw it. So with John Stossel, when the way that he kind of came across when he had said oh, that the slap happened, and then he had said that he was experiencing the ear pain and that it gone it went away as soon as he got the money. Do you think he exaggerated yeah. the pain as just so he can get the money? Well, you know, I'm not here to stick up for David Schultz or for anybody. Sure. Uh, because actuality, that, that ruined my show. Mm-hmm. Because he, he, he would have had to do what he told me he was going to do. You see what I mean? Yeah. And, and instead, this lowlife piece of crap, John Stossel, he, uh, he got $280,000 for just getting slapped on. He never got slapped on the ear. Because I've, I've I've run I've run it back and and you know I'm a television producer I know how to do all this yeah and and I ran it back he never got slapped on the on the on the ear period mm-hmm. you know and and they just sued him and um and he sued Vince and and Vince just gave him the money to to shut him up mm-hmm. yeah it was crazy just watching but, but they they would give it they they would give a jerk like this two hundred eighty thousand. But why don't you take two hundred eighty thousand and and give it to your, your your wrestlers and help their medical bills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got I, I have a real problem with that. Mm-hmm. The way that it came across when during the documentary, with the way they kind of implied that Vince wanted, you know, he was trying to teach Stossel a lesson. He didn't. I don't know if he said directly to slap him, but he kind of you know told him to keep kayfabe, whatever. And then later on, when they talked about Vince's reaction to getting sued by Stossel, um, he wanted Schultz to take the blame. Do you think this whole thing was just a way for Vince, in a way, to maybe get rid of Schultz from the company, from what you know? Well, that's what I told them ahead of time. They're trying to fire David. Yeah. And already, I knew that from my guys in, in New York that were friends of mine. Told me they would, that he, he, he was trouble in the locker room and, and Vince wanted to get rid of him. Okay. And so... Um, Vince set him up, mm-hmm. and um, and that's exactly what happened. And I went to the president of uh, ABC, and I told him if they didn't drop the lawsuit against David Schultz, I would call a press conference mm-hmm. at four o'clock this that afternoon at sixty six in Columbus, yep, and and tell them exactly how they screwed me on that on that show. Mm-hmm. So they dropped that lawsuit against David, and I guess uh, Stossel went after Vince. I don't know. Uh, I tried to stay out of it. Yeah. Because uh, I, I had made the transition in, in, in the television. Mm-hmm. And so after that, you know, my hands were washed until, you know, I, I got, you know, the deal with Universal. And then I got back in the wrestling business. And, you know, I. I taught all my guys because there's two different ways to wrestle. Uh, one for TV to, to, to draw money and the one in the house show. And there's two different ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we, we had, uh, you know, I've read off. I told you who we had, you know, RBD and smoking guns, everybody. Yep. I mean, third and lightning. I mean, it's just, I had a good crew. I assembled a really good crew. I trained Kevin Kelly. Um, oh, nice. He was my he was my play by play guy. Kevin's a good boy, mm-hmm. and you know I appreciate all of them because they gave a hundred percent. And we had carte blanche at Universal. Mm-hmm. No other. They all tried to come in behind me and copy me. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, from WCW to 
TNA to everybody. Doesn't matter. You know? So. Was it during your uh, time in wrestling where your love for production kind of started? Or do you have some aspirations even prior to that point? Well, my love for but my love for production started in Los Angeles. I used to go in the truck in LA mm-hmm. and um, and I would I would I would work with a switcher and you know switch and I'd tell him, you know, which switch and I'd 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 sit there and I'd switch, you know, some matches. But the only problem is I was involved in everything, you know. <laughs> you know, it was like the Eddie Mansfield hour out there. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I I took Piper's place. Piper passed the torch to me mm-hmm. and he said Get ready. You'll never, ever work as much as you're fixing to work. <laughs> uh, anywhere else. They, they gonna, when you get paid, you're going to think you got cheated. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, but I would go, when I could, I'd go back in that truck, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I knew how to switch cameras and all that. And the guy says, how do you know to go to a, a, a close-up or a long shot? Well, well, hell, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I can tell by the movements of what's going on, how to go wide or, and I taught them how to go wide, how to go in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a wrestler knows that, you know, uh, you can tell by the, by the, by the movements and, and in the ring. And so, um, yeah, I got the bug in LA. And Doesn't yeah. everybody that go to LA get the bug? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> I mean, that's, that seems to be the hot spot for it, you know? Yeah, and then then I was I was you know broken in the business in, in the TV business in uh, New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, I was very blessed. I've been I've been um, blessed beyond beyond my my ever thing. I've done almost a thousand hours of television, mm-hmm. and um, you know been nominated for a Peabody, you know, and and other, I've, I've I've received so many awards and stuff. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate all my crew getting them and, and the shows being successful. And that's what I care about. I, um, you know, I love my, I love all the people that, that work with me and, and I do my best to take care of them. And, um, that's what I look out for. Um, my people mm-hmm. and, uh, I treat them like I'd like to be treated. Mm-hmm. And two final questions for you. One, were you overall satisfied with how the special came out, your representation on the show? And two, kind of going off what you just said, um, your goals going forward with your production company. I mean, you've obviously done a lot up to this point. Uh, You're involved in a lot of projects as it is, have been, and going forward. So, uh, yeah, those two final questions for you. Well, was I happy with Viceland? Yes. Uh, I thought they could have... probably showing me a little bit giving me a little bit more because i gave i gave some great sound bites yeah i got i gave i'll give you one of them that that i don't even know cornet i've never met jim cornet in my life okay and and he he runs his mouth about me right mm-hmm. and he doesn't even know me <laughs> and and so you know i know the story he was like an arena rat taking pictures one week and then the next week they put him. They made him a manager because Jimmy Hart was following Hulk Hogan to to uh, New York, right? Mm-hmm. And so they put a, a yacht hat on him. Well, he can't drive a boat. They gave him a tennis racket. He can't play tennis, and he damn sure can't wrestle. So what good is he? But he just runs off at the mouth. He's got the diarrhea of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so 
it, to me, Jim Cornette, it, it, you know, Midnight Express never needed Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dennis Condry is a buddy of mine. Dennis Condry could talk good on television. Yep. He didn't need any help. Now, Bobby Eaton, he's a little quiet. You know, Bobby's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. But but, but when you had those two Midnight Expresses, that's that's the true Midnight Express. Mm-hmm. And and so when you when you think about that, Dennis Condry, they they didn't need a a, a clown, you know, outside the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden he's some, supposed to be some great wrestling historian. You know, to me he's not. I mean, he's nothing but a motor mouth that that lets his battleship mouth overload his rowboat ass. To tell you the truth, and and it's just. You know, people hate that. You know, he runs his mouth all the time. He, he He's a negative type person. Mm-hmm. And negative people don't like. I mean, uh, negative people are jealous of other people. And he seems to be jealous of a lot of people because he sure talks about a lot of people. Has he tried to contact you about this whole thing? Because I know, again, he's been talking. Oh, he, no. He no? won't. He won't. No, he won't. He won't put me on his show. Yeah. I wish he would. I'll teach him how to cut a promo. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, and if I, and I told, see, I sit on Viceland. If I ever caught him in an airport, autograph session, or anywhere. Yeah. Out, because he, you know, he's threatening me, right? He threatens a lot of that, people, yeah. That, that I would slap him so hard that his front teeth would come out. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't make that statement lightly because I will actually do that. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the guys that would actually do that because I don't know the guy, never have met him. Don't don't go punching on a bear that you, you better not want to wake up. Mm-hmm. Because if I want to bury him, I can bur- bury him like he's never been buried before. Mm-hmm. in the television business that's what I do mm-hmm. I'll make a I'll make a story just on him and with your television business like you just said I mean your goals going forward not just with wrestling but uh, just kind of overall like I said you're involved in a lot of different things yeah and, and I don't have time to be bothered by, by he's a nuisance he's a wannabe and he used to be he, he's trying to stay relevant uh, you know, current, but he's not. Sure. He's he's all about trying to sell T-shirts, and I'm not going to talk about him anymore. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so, and anything else you 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 need from you know you want to ask me, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was just wondering. Uh, you know, going forward, you have a lot of different projects you're involved in with the production side of things. Uh, is there anything else you've accomplished a lot already? Like you said, you were nominated for a Peabody. Anything else you hope to accomplish or strive for going forward? Well, we're going to go do a. Uh, I had a successful radio show for five years called Mouth and Oz, the only sports show that counts. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that out of ESPN at Walt Disney World. Oh, awesome. Myself, Daryl Talley, and uh, Gary Cole. And that was very, very successful. And I'm going to bring that back um, with me and um, and, um, another guy. And uh, we'll do, we're going to shoot it for TV and radio. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be both. It'll be for television and radio. Oh, nice! And and so that that's going to be pretty cool. We'll have some some cool guests, and you know it'll be an hour, 
and uh, we'll we'll syndicate that nationwide. That's just one of the things I'm doing. That's you know, that's that's my third series, mm-hmm. and and that's going to be fun. That'll be kind of like you doing doing this this you know mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it makes it fun. Yeah, of course. You know, I'll I'll, I'll bring you on the show. No, I and, appreciate and, that. And have you talk about stuff, and and that's what you want to do. You want to bring positive stuff and positive vibes to people. Not all this negative stuff, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, negative doesn't belong. I had enough. I don't. I don't. I don't even associate with negative people. Mm-hmm. You got to be a, a good guy and a good, good lady, and and put your best foot forward. That's that's what you want out of the wrestling business and and in business in general. Mm-hmm. You you know it, it's called show business. Without the business, there's no show. Of course, yeah. And so you have to, you know, do, do your business and then you, then you go have fun and, and do the show. And that's, it's like you, when you're prepping your show, as you know, in pre-pro, it, you're, you're doing all the work to set up everything for the show. Well, that's where all, uh, a lot of the work comes in. And then when the show happens, it's really fun. Yeah. If you enjoy then, what you're doing, you're never really working, right? No, you never do. And, and man, let me tell you something. I can do TV until I'm 90. <laughs> and and I can tell you, and I and I hope and pray that God above gives me good health and lets me, you know, stay healthy, mm-hmm. where where I can I can uh, achieve a lot more. I got a lot more stuff I want to do um, before I leave this earth. I'm a young guy anyway, but but I'm not as old as as a lot of the other guys, mm-hmm. and because I started so young and. Uh, but I have a lot of things I want to do, and I got a lot of stuff I want to help people, mm-hmm. and and I like to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a taker; I'm a giver, mm-hmm. because uh, I've been blessed, and I want to make sure that whatever people think of me, they think of me of as giving back. It's not that I wanted to kill a wrestling business; I made the wrestling business better. Mm-hmm. I shine the light on, on, on a bunch of fat rats in a junkyard that would run and hide all the time. And they kept kept it in a seedy, seedy environment where, you know, they could steal a whole bunch of money and not pay the guys. And that's I had a, I had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And I still do have a problem with that. <laughs> and, but I want to see the guys get their benefits and get treated like the other professional athletes do because they they sure do deserve it. They really do. All the guys today, the wrestling business fans is in good hands. It, it's gonna, it's gonna be just all right. It's, it's, it's just give these these new guys a chance, and and it'll be it'll be just fine. You know, all the all, I, I went through it when I broke in. You know, the old timers hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're taking their their position. Well, you know. You, you don't need to be wrestling at 50 years old. Mm-hmm. That's a young man's sport. You know, there comes a time. But see, that's where guys had to hang on so long to, to make sure that they didn't. You know, they had to make a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. Because they, they had nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Just sad. 
Yeah, like well, like you were saying, I think during the special itself, there's no pension, there's no retirement fund after you're done with wrestling, you're you're done. You know, there's there's pretty much nothing after that in terms of them continuing to pay you after you're done with the company. Kind of a lot of people have put it as they chew you up and they spit you out, which is uh, you know unfortunate way of putting it, but I guess it's kind of true, right? Well, it is true, mm-hmm. and and I, I um you know I second that motion with you, and I just hope that the the younger guys will get together and get themselves in the sag because and don't let them be threatened you know don't 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 let these guys don't let them threaten you Mm -hmm. just do it because if enough of you do it they can't stop you yeah you know one or two of you you know fine but but it it's it, it it's gonna and you need the whole village to show up. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be a united front and not just a few people here and there because nothing will get done in that case. Well, yeah. Well, you look at the Undertaker. Sure. How many years he's given to the business? A lot. Over 30, 40 years old. Almost 30, 40. Exactly. Yeah. And he's and he's banged up. Yeah. Look at look at Mick Foley. Oh yeah, prime example of that. Yeah. All right. Now look at look at uh, look at Terry Funk. Terry Funk's the smartest guy I ever met in my life. Yeah. And and Terry, well, he helped me out a lot. You know, I'm I'm one of Funk's guys. And so Terry Terry went and did movies, and he had he had a SAG card years ago. And when he retired, when he became of a time and age, he retired. He still got SAG benefits. See what I mean? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a smart one. His whole career, he had SAG because mm-hmm. he was doing the movies and and the TV show, shows and stuff. Sure, and and he had SAG, and that way he if he needed braces for his daughters or 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 one broke the leg or or you know uh, his wife was sick or whatever. Sure, he had he had the insurance to cover that. Mm-hmm. The guys today, nobody has that. Yeah. And especially the older guys, they got nothing. Mm-hmm. They got caboots, nothing, yeah. you know? And 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 if the wrestling fans listen, I hope and pray that you'll get behind these guys and cheer them on. Not only cheer them on in, in, in the arenas, but cheer them in life. Yeah, for Just sure. Just remember, all those guys, not every one of them, but the majority of them, have a wife and kids mm-hmm. and they need medical benefits for their children because mm-hmm. you know kids are always getting hurt and then if you get sick they got something especially now too but the whole you know pandemic going on yeah, and whatnot. absolutely mm-hmm. and and it's it's a and i and i want to get off my, my my preaching box but i just want to it's so important that these guys make it to, to midlife and live a long a, a long time mm-hmm. and not not dying from from having to take pain pills all the time to, to, to get out of bed. Yeah, that's that's what, you know, bothers me. It, it really just, you know, I, I know I had four knee operations. I was stabbed seven times. And and I know that I paid for each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. No no promoter paid for my knee. 
Dr. Jim Andrews he's did, 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 did surgeries on me. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you exactly what they cost me every time. Yeah. And then plus getting stabbed, hell, they they don't care. You know? Yeah. Can you work can you work okay tomorrow? That's all they care about. <laughs> hey, insane. you gonna be can you be there tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can be there. I just got twelve stitches. I <laughs> I can be there. Yeah. You know, and so that's uh it's un ungrateful business. It doesn't take care of the guys and girls that make it the money. Mm-hmm. And it needs to start now with a publicly held company there. I don't know how in the world he gets away with it. Well, like, you I know, said, yeah. one, one of the guys said to me one time, oh, well, I prepared myself. You know, he, he's a wise ass. He, he, I prepared myself. I knew I was getting in a, in a, uh, a business. He was just kissing butt yeah. just to get the chapstick out, you know? <laughs> oh, I prepared myself. How did you prepare yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got insurance? You got all that? I prepared myself. Oh, because I knew I was in a 1099 business. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a poor excuse. Yeah. That's a real poor excuse. Well, what about the other 99% that didn't? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Well, well, like I said earlier, I would definitely check out the John Oliver piece. It's If you just type in... Uh, you know, independent contractor on like WWE independent contractor on YouTube or something. It's like the yeah. first thing that comes up. It's uh, it's called John Oliver last week tonight. It only went up about a year ago and it backs up a, like, if you watch this video, you'll probably think that they stole a lot of their ideas from you from watching the 2020 because, uh, Hey, he can steal. Let me tell you something. Sure. If that's going to help the wrestling business, you can steal it. He can steal it. I don't want credit for it. I've already spoken my mind. I gave up everything when I went on 2020. Mm-hmm. I already, I always already blackballed, but but I I gave up everything when I went on 2020 to make sure that we could get some benefits. Mm-hmm. But you don't worry about it. Hey, let these younger guys step on up, man. John Oliver, man, step it up. Yeah, get some other guys to join you. And like you, you believe it. You need to preach it. Mm-hmm. You preach it on every show. You need to close and say, I hope today we're going to hear that professional wrestlers have benefits. You had a great line during the special. It was, um, you said, why should I give for the business if the business won't give back to me? Or it was something along those lines. I thought it was really, I thought it was a powerful line. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, I have a tendency to say a lot of a lot of different things and 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 it, it comes true it's like the abraham lincoln you know we've already gone over that yeah and i hope everybody understands that abraham lincoln freed the slaves now you know your history okay sure all right now for all your listeners abraham lincoln freed the slaves but he forgot to free professional wrestlers because it's still a slave business and it's run that way. And that has no, no connotation to it or anything else, but what it is, it's saying that's how bad it is. It really is inside that tower. It is not a good, well place. Mm-hmm. 
just to be honest with you. And 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 when I say that, I compare that with with the the pro wrestlers need to be released to to be able to be the best that they can be. Yep. And quit trying to keep your thumb on them all the time mm-hmm. with a ten ninety nine and everything else. Make them successful. Well, look at the X uh, FL. He wouldn't blew a hundred million dollars on that. Yeah. And that so, already went up in smoke, yeah. Yeah, he had to file bankruptcy. Yep, just recently, yeah. All right, well, he could have took that money and give, given it and set up a health fund. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about uh, a wellness program where you go in and, and you got a liquor problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you send them down to cover your butt, COA, you know, because a guy drinks. Well, a lot of times the guys drink because they're in such pain. Yeah. You know, I'm going to bring up two guys that 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 always think about this, and it bothers me. One's the rocker Marty Gennetti. His ankles are almost collapsed. They have collapsed, mm-hmm. and he's got bone on bone, and they won't fix him. Mm-hmm. All right. And Kamala had he's a double amputee. Yeah. How come? They don't get prosthetics and put them on Kamala and get him get him standing up like he used to. Yeah, sure. I mean, why can't you do that? You got billions of dollars, mm-hmm. so you can't help somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, why can't you do that? Yeah, it's 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 a great question because there's no it's, there's no answer. You know that we have yet to get an answer to that question. People have been asking that for a long time now. And and I'm not, I just didn't make it up. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And and when you, you when you think about it, you go like, my goodness gracious. I mean, that's only two. Yeah. I mean, there's we, so we many more. Yo, know, there's it's just so many. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. If you ever go to a, a autograph session, you can see. Yeah. No, I, I've seen it firsthand. I com- I completely know what you're talking about. And uh, I just hope that I live to see. The guys be treated like other professional athletes because they're damn just as good. Believe me, mm-hmm. a pro wrestler you got to be one hell of an athlete to be a pro wrestler. Hundred percent, and that and, and that's no joke. Mm-hmm. And um, let's just hope that that things straighten out and the business is in good hands with these young guys, man. Most you know? definitely, yeah. And 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 I. You know, I'm all in every one of them's corner. I want them to, to tear the roof off the house every single night mm-hmm. because you know something? They deserve it. They deserve the accolades they get. They deserve the praise they get because they've worked hard to get where they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back when I broke in, man, they didn't like young guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, buddy, they hated to see us coming because we were changing the whole business in yeah. the 80s. Man, it became high-flying. It became, you know, up and down. And, you know, something, all the guys today, hey, I'm not I'm not jealous of a one. I'll shake every, every daggum one of them's hand and say, thank you so much for what you're doing mm-hmm. in the wrestling business. Because I'm proud of each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that right there is the perfect note to end on. Ed, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. But before we wrap up, is there anywhere where people can find your work, a website, or find you on social media or anything like that? Well, I don't do I don't do a website so much for for me. Sure. Um, I mean, if, if you go on the uh, like LinkedIn, uh, Mansfield Entertainment, you can see see you know a page on me and yeah. what I do and what I've done and what I will. But you know, I don't I don't discuss what I'm doing because I'm on. Uh, and the networks have to do non-disclosure agreements. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, you talk about, you know, telephone, telegraph, telewrestler. Yeah. Boy, hey, it works 10 times quicker in the, in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, good God. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'll never forget this. I went in to do a, a deal with a guy one time. I said, look, you need to understand something. I said, I don't know what your problem is, but I've been dropped on my head a lot. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can tell you one thing. I swam with a whole lot bigger sharks than you think you are. <laughs> and so let's get down to the business. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you have to do. And that's that's one thing about wrestlers. They learn quick. These guys today, man, I'm so proud of them. And, and just keep moving forward and don't take a step back. Mm-hmm. And all the divas, man, you know, it's like when you look at uh, Charlotte Flair, sure, yeah. one of the best workers, Becky Lynch is one of the best workers in, in the business. And and I, I'm so proud of them because I, I, I knew Rick, you know, yeah. I knew him, knew him well. And, and I'm so proud. Of, I know he's he's so proud of, uh, of, of, you know, I know where it's Ashley, but Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and so, uh, but she's, she's, a, she's a good one. And, um, and, and see, when I, I see people like that, it just, it makes me really, um, proud, you know, Cody Rhodes, Cody mm-hmm. Rhodes and, and, and the young bucks, yep. you know, I think the world of those guys, I, 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 you know, I admire them. I admire them in their business acumen, you know, and, and, and doing the deal with Tony Khan and, and getting that, that AEW up and running there and, They've done a, a wonderful job. Yeah. And, and you know, my hats are off to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you can't always talk negative about people. You There's so many, so much more positive to, to look at that's going on. Mm-hmm. We got enough negative with, with, with this uh, virus. Yeah, exactly. We need to, we need to tr- change that. I call it stinking thinking. <laughs> change that stinking thinking and, and go to the positive end and, and let's let's cheer them on. Hey, we can't go right now, but we can watch them on TV and cheer them on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't cost us a nickel. Yeah. Just all you got to make sure you pay your power bill. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I think that's a great note to end on. A lot of praise for the uh, current state of professional wrestling and everyone coming up right now. I totally agree. AEW is doing uh, some great things, and I think if anyone's gonna. Uh, you know, start all some change in the in the current business landscape. I think it would be them. So I think they're worth keeping an eye on. But Ed, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me, and and I wish you and and your whole family and everybody the, the safety. And 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 I have the utmost respect for you. And and you got a great program. Keep keep it going. <laughs>
Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely stay safe out there. It's pretty crazy, but uh, I appreciated your involvement in the dark side of the ring. Gave me a lot of entertainment last Tuesday, so uh, <laughs> it was great stuff. But uh, yeah, and people could check out the show. I mean, they have uh, they could check out your stuff. Like I said, definitely check out the other episodes of the show. They're really well done. If you're interested in yeah. some, you know, wrestling yeah. history, but, uh, oh, Evan, Evan, the producer, he yeah. did a real good job. He's director. Yes, too, yeah. But he's yeah. he did a he's he's done an excellent job with with everything, and you know they they treated me with with the utmost respect and uh i just wish you to put some of my other stuff i put in there. yeah well i think too i think it's worth noting but it wound I, up on the editing ta- you know floor you know yeah. so it's like all right all right i've been there i know yeah so it's like i think they are gonna have an extended cut if i'm not mistaken because they've done that for the other episode so far this season so i would keep an eye out for that i don't know when it would be up but they might have like an hour and a half long episode where they include more of your comments you know, Schultz, Stossel, whatever. So just keep an eye out for that in the next couple of weeks. It might be up at some point, if I'm not mistaken. Well, if it is, it is. If it does not, it's not. It doesn't bother <laughs> me. So, hey, thank you so much uh, for your time and having me on the show, and, and good luck with everything. Thanks, Ed. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Have a great one. All right, bye-bye. Major thanks to Eddie for his time to chat here on WrestleRant Radio. But now let's throw it to my chat with Mr. Marceau to talk all things Money in the Bank this Sunday. Days out from Money in the Bank. We're back here on Wrestle Rant Radio to give our picks, preview, and predictions for every single match on the card. But before we get to any of that, i got to ask you, Mr. Marceau, what were your two cents on Star Wars? Oh, it was great. I loved the <laughs> flick. I don't know what's up with all this backlash. I don't know. I thought it was a good movie. We're talking Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Cheap plug. I did a live stream with Connor on Monday on the YouTube channel. Check it out. Subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. Mr. Marceau checks it out. He enters the chat. Doesn't know what all the hate is about with Star Wars. Hasn't seen any of the movies, right, prior to that one? Um, I've seen one other one. I can't remember which one it is. It happened like... Maybe it was a while, like 10 years ago, probably, like 10, right? 15 years ago, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't remember which movie it was, but I went to see one in the theaters mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah, that's, that's what I figured, because I know those movies kind of came out when we were like in elementary school, middle school, whatever. But um, yeah, so you checked it out. You watched Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, available right now on Disney+. Plus. Cheap plug, check it out. And uh, it was like a two and a half hour movie, but for that time, you said you were never once bored, correct? Correct, yeah. I thought it was a really good movie. I did some like, uh, little, I checked out the cast a little bit before, you know, did my <laughs> research, kind of figured out who everyone was, and kind of like... I wasn't totally lost, but no, I, I thought the story was good. I mean, clearly there's something I'm missing here. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it kept my attention the whole two and a half hours. It didn't drag on, really. And I uh, thought the fighting scenes were nice, like the story that went along. I mean, A-plus for me. How did you feel about the big Kylo Ren Ray kiss at the end? Oh, my God. Whew. He had goosebumps when he was holding <laughs> her, and then he gave her the smooch. He <laughs> brought her back to life, and then he killed himself. That's so romantic. <laughs> Modern name uh, Romeo and Juliet over here, and the Rise of Sky, not the Sky, uh, Rise of Skywalker line. The uh, I'm Ray Skywalker line at the end, two cents. I I, I popped huge for that one. I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, oh baby, when they showed uh, Luke and her mom like uh, like a little like uh, holographic uh, form. I was like, damn. <laughs> that was Luke and that was Princess Leia. Oh, didn't know who it was. I was like, <laughs> She was old in the, in the movie. She was like a Grammy. I didn't know who she was. I know, yeah. Well, I can't remember now. I think she had like the cloak on her head or something like that at the end there. But um, yeah, no, I think that was I think that was Leia. 
because she's a Skywalker too. Obviously, they're brother and sister. I mean, that was established uh, during the original trilogy a long time ago. Uh, easy to uh, mix that up. But otherwise, you enjoy the movie, though. I, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, I thought it was a good movie. Definitely check it out, people, especially if you don't know what's going on because it makes it 10 times better, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Enter anything with a casual like enjoyment. Like I enjoy the draft, and I'm like, the Jalen Hurt pick, I only got my... And we talked about it last week here on the show. The only way I got that reaction out of it was because I saw other people reacting the same way, of course, because I have no idea what I'm talking about because I'm a fucking mark uh, when it comes to that type of stuff. But uh, I'm a casual fan at best. So, you know, it's the same way with this. Definitely check out the other movies. Seven and eight are on there on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus is a gem. Are there anything else, any other movies or shows that you're enjoying during the quarantine right now, RJ? Um, I saw Onward, which is also on uh, Disney+. Plus. thought that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. I like that. It wasn't great, but I thought it was good, though. Yeah, it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was a lot better than I had going into it. I thought right when I started watching, I was like, eh, this seems like it'll be okay. And by the end, I was weeping. <laughs> I know you were. Good movie. Um, I like Coco. Coco's a good Disney Plus movie. Shh, don't tell that to uh, Alexis. That's like her favorite movie of all time. Love that movie. Moana, big fan of that movie. Um, old classics, Love Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Love the... Uh, the remake of Beauty and Beast is probably my favorite. It's not even on there yet. I love that movie. I know that's. I, we discussed that recently, but I'm surprised it's not on there. I guess the uh, the rights are owned by someone else or something right now. Yeah, ridiculous. So luckily, it was on TNT. I believe the other night, so I taped it. Oh. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Disney remake, and I, I want to watch it. So taped it. But the Latin remake's good. Lion King's a meh, but I mean the classics are there. The, like I said, the new stuff's pretty good too. All the other cars, the Cars movies are good. Great movie. So I, I mean, for nine ninety nine a month, definitely check out Disney Plus. They have a ton of good stuff on there. I was recently watching a lot of Marceau esque movies that I think you would like. I watched um, The Longest Yard recently on TNT. Great movie. Very good movie. Stone Cold, great colleague, Kevin Ash, Goldberg, great cast of characters. Um, I saw that recently. You haven't seen any of the 007 movies, have you? Uh, not anything recently. I saw Skyfall recently. That was about from like eh, maybe eight, ten years ago. That was a great movie that I think you might like. I saw that. I watched um, <laughs> I watched San Andreas the other night too. Great movie, great <laughs> movie. dude. It's so like dumb that I actually enjoy. I really like that movie, but not because it's realistic. Like Rock and his wife were like, "Oh, our daughter must be alive," even though there's millions of people getting wept away in the in the water and everything else every single second. Like, how I do mean, you think? Why hey, would you, you gotta believe Gia Sam? You can't have that <laughs> NMA. Without that NMA, she's dead. She's a goner. Oh, man. That movie's amazing. I'm a big uh, Alexander Daddario fan. I like her. So, that I think that was the first movie I saw her. And aside from, like, there, she was in the Percy Jackson movies a long time ago. But I like her, the daughter. Um, and obviously, I'm a big rock fan. But <laughs> I watched Hercules recently, too. Have you seen that one? I have not seen Hercules. Definitely I did check watch out that The one. Walking Tall, though, a couple weeks ago, and that's a great movie, ah, too. You like that one and the... Was that the football one or no? No, Walking Tall is the one when he's, like, in the army and he comes back and there's, like, a guy's running a casino and he's, like, dealing drugs and his stepbrother or brother or stepson gets, like, injured and then he, like, beats everyone's ass. It's a great movie. I don't think I've seen that one. I definitely watched, um... Fuck, what was it? It was one of his early ones. Maybe it was Walking Tall. I think it had Mark Wahlberg in it. I'm not thinking of Pain and Gain. I don't remember. It, it was one of those early movies right after he first started getting into Hollywood. But there's a lot of good rock movies out there. Did you see Hobbs and Shaw or no? I have not seen Hobbs and Shaw. It's funny that you say that because me and Molly just got the Fast and Furious, all the 
movies on DVD and it does not have Hobbs and Shaw. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it's good, though. Well, technically, it's a spinoff, so it's probably why. But what, did you buy a box set or something? It has all eight movies, yeah. Oh so we've watched... Uh, I've only seen... For, so for the longest time, I've only seen from Fast Five till I think I saw... I saw six and seven, not sure about eight. And then we've watched the first and second one so far. Um, so we got a couple more to get at. But I heard Hobbs and Shaw was really good, so I'll definitely have to check that out hey, as well. Big Dog Roman Reigns is in it. How can you go wrong there? Talk about movies that are unrealistic. Holy smokes. <laughs> but God, right in my cup of tea, I love those movies. I love it, dude. It's so, it gets more fast and more furious the, the further it goes along. So I just, I just love when people watch those movies and they're like, it's so unrealistic. Like, no doubt. That's the point of the movie. I know. That's the thing. I don't really It doesn't like, oh, man, the movie was shit. It's so unrealistic. It depends what it is. Those movies are so far from reality where it doesn't even matter. Um, I'm yeah. thinking like, you know, if it's like maybe a horror movie that might be, I don't know, it depends on what it is, but with movies like that, like I know going into it that it's going to be bullshit. So I actually really enjoy it. And I like the Hobbs and Shaw movie. Um, I'm the same way. I think I saw fast. Uh, what's the next one coming out fast nine or something next year or whatever. Fast nine's the next one. Yeah. John Cena's in it, I guess. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, I saw, I definitely saw seven. And I definitely saw eight. I think seven was the last one with Paul Walker. I think. Yeah, it's seven's the last one with him, and he's like has like that like cameo. Yeah. At the- it's been a long day without you, my friend. <sighs> Have you, I'm trying to think what I saw a movie not recently, but it was like last year. It was a Cena in, and it was like okay at best. The one with the daughters, like virginity one. I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. Cockwalkers. <laughs> Walkers. I don't even know. What the oh fuck yeah, is. yeah. I actually like that movie. It's called Blockers. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good movie. He's not the greatest actor. I mean, I did no. take The Rock a little bit of time, but I don't know. I just, like, I don't even think I could see him in, like, a serious role. He's just too goofy. I feel like his haircut just gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, though, I think he was perfect in that type of movie because I can't take him seriously in the serious stuff, like you said. Like, I didn't see Bumblebee, which is that Transformers movie. That came out a couple of years ago. I didn't watch that. Um, what else? He was in Sisters in, like, a minor role. Didn't see that. He was in Trainwreck. I like that movie, actually. I haven't seen it in a long I will, time. I will say, I, I, I mean, people might dump on this movie. I thought The Marine was actually a pretty good movie. I have that. I like that movie. You know, I've told you this before, but I don't think I've seen the movie in full, but I want to. I have it on DVD, GSM. Jeez, next time I pair up with Mr. Marceau, i got to watch The Marine. Next time I see you, I'll bring the DVD and we can watch it. It's funny you mention that, because I... <laughs> You're going to kill me, but I haven't seen that one. I've seen the sequels, though. I've seen the second <laughs> one. I saw the second one with Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man's son, who I think is currently in, indicted on embezzlement charges. But uh, I saw that one. I saw the third one with The Miz, and I think I saw the fourth one. They've made like six or seven. I've only seen three, two, three, and four, maybe. Maybe, but yeah. So i got to watch the first one. There's, a, there's actually some decent movies out there um, with those guys. The Batista movies are good, too. Um, I forget what was he in recently. Did, have you seen Stuber? No, I've not. That was a good movie too. I enjoyed that. But yeah, the movies with the Rock, Cena, Batista, all very good stuff. Uh, very far off topic here, but I love talking I was about movies. Say, we've been going on a tangent about movies. I can't <laughs> but I want to stop. I want to. Keep you on the line, uh, no, of course, of course. We're talking money in the bank here today, coming up this weekend on the WWE Network. Part of the uh, pay-per-view taking place at the WWE headquarters here in my backyard of Connecticut, Stanford, Connecticut. We'll talk about that momentarily. Start from the bottom, work our way up. As we talk right now, no pre-show match has been announced. I would assume Street Profits versus Viking Raiders will be announced. I know we spoke last week, and um, I-, I thought that was... 
I, I I thought Monday's match was for the titles. Obviously, it was. And I thought it was. I was honestly I was scared because Viking Raiders won. I'm like, what the what the hell just happened? And then they and it was like, oh, whatever. They won the match, not the new champions. I'm like, oh, okay. But anyway, um, other than that match, are there any other matches you could see added to the card before Sunday? Um, I know they're doing Mandy and Sonya on Friday. I, yes. I probably did that, but besides that, I, I can't think of anything else top of my head. That's been one of the better going stories right now in the entire company, I'd say. Yeah, because it's like actually compelling and actually interesting, and they have never done it before. I mean, they're doing other stuff, but I think that few just in general, like people are just kind of w- waiting for them to like push them together, and then eventually they broke them apart, and they've actually like had somewhat of a compelling story. So I mean, I can see why, but I think if anything, that show should it should be on the actual show itself, not wasted on a terrible SmackDown. But maybe they'll do some kind of like not like no like no contest and just do it at the pay per view. But yeah, I don't. I saw that they advertised it on Raw, I believe, so it's kind of like a bait and switch if they get come out of it, but they're, they're used to that, so who knows. I mean, they did that last week with Oscar Nia Jax and um, Shayna Baszler on Raw, so it wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last time. But yeah, I'd, I'd like that. And it's not just the fact that they're feuding, it's the fact that, I mean, Mandy's good, but Sonya, dude, has really knocked it out of the park in the last couple of weeks, I'd say. Yeah, I've enjoyed her heel run. I think she's... I think she she seems more of a natural heel just by her looks. I would say I would say she's more of a natural heel, um, but I think she's done really well in the role. Her promos have been really good as well. Um, I've not that I've been on their wagon, but I've been a big fan of theirs. I think that as a team, they probably could have done more together. I mean, they, they could they're the only team that didn't even get a freaking tag team title run. So I mean, not like the belts mean anything, but I mean they've been a team since they've been called up. Uh, but I think Mandy and Sonya have been doing well. I'm interested to see what they do after this feud. I, I, I fear for them. I think once this feud is over, they might both just kind of go back to doing nothing. But for what it is now, I think they've killed it. It's probably the most interesting interesting thing that's happened on SmackDown in the last month. Yeah, it's cool It's cool to see them spotlighted on SmackDown, getting the time to shine. Uh, Mandy is good, like I said, but Sonya's really killed it with her promo. So I'm looking forward to that match on Friday. Hopefully it does end in a no contest. We get a rematch of the pay-per-view. Um, but in other uninteresting news from the SmackDown Women's Division, Bailey Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship coming up this weekend. It could not be any more apparent that this is merely a placeholder program for Bailey before she likely faces Sasha Banks. I would say it's SummerSlam. I think it's not going to happen at uh, in, in Boston, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I would be shocked if it does at this point, to be honest, um, at least at the rate that we're currently going. But nonetheless, Bailey Tamina on Sunday, SmackDown Women's Championship. This has got to be a slam dunk win for Bailey, right, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, this this feud really does not much for me and probably anyone listening to this podcast right now. I mean, Tamina has never improved. She's never gotten better. She's still the same old Tamina. Bailey, I mean, her heel run has not been the greatest, but we all know in the end that this is all kind of just a filler for her and just keep her someone occupied before she faces Sasha because I think that's easily the slam dunk next program for Bailey. That's going to be for at least a big program, at least. Um, so I say Bailey wins. I don't expect the match to be pretty that good. I don't think Bailey can carry Tamina to a, a decent match at best. So hopefully it's just a three to five minute Bailey wins and then we get on and move on from that. Lacey Evans ain't no Shawn Michaels, but she's better than Tamina, and not even Bailey and Lacey had, in my opinion, that good of a match back at the Rumble. I didn't think Bailey and Naomi at Super Showdown was all that good either. So if they can't have good matches, I mean, Bailey's great for whatever reason. She just has not had great matches as a heel at all. I can't remember the last like truly good 
above average match she's had as a heel. I don't even the Charlotte matches last year, and they've always worked well together. Kind of forgettable. Um, I don't see this being any different, but obviously Bailey will win. She should win. I saw Tamina was on the bump today, and the Usos were like, "Oh, you know, ten years strong. You're finally gonna win a title, like, dude. She sucks. Like, she ain't gonna win a championship. <laughs> I don't think she should win. She won't win." Moving right along here. Speaking of the Usos, Jimmy Uso out apparently for six to nine months with an unknown injury, very likely an ACL tear, something along those lines. That's a big blow to the SmackDown Tag Team division, especially when you consider that we have the freaking Forgotten Sons in the championship picture right now, the Lucha House Party. God save us all. Um, They're going for the championships on Sunday in a fatal four-way tag team match along with the current champions of the New Day and The Miz and John Morrison. Who emerges from the fatal four-way, RJ, as the SmackDown tag team champions among those four teams? This is tough. I I honestly just couldn't care less about any of those teams. I feel like... The thing is, the New Day's beating everyone. That's the only issue. If they win again, it's like, who do they face then? Like, I'm just going to say Forgotten Sons, even though it sounds really bad, because they haven't really faced anyone. But, like, the Lucha House Party, I'm kind of over them. They're just dead in the water at this point. At least the Forgotten Sons have some kind of... They're not dead in the water yet. They haven't faced everyone. So I'm just going to go with them, because if the New Day beats them, all those teams again, like, who's there for them to face now? Yeah, my I, I'm of the same mindset, though I would say that New Day win here. I mean, just because they won the belts back doesn't really mean anything. I mean, I would like to see them hold the belts for a little longer, but they've been champions, what, eight times now, so it hardly matters. Um, I'm going to say New Day retains, but their first program coming out of the pay-per-view, not that I really want to see it, but it's the only feud that makes sense, is the Forgotten Sons, like you said. The only thing is that I would say New Day wins here. They probably pin Lucha House Party or whatever, or maybe Miz and Morrison end that feud once and for all. And then you can use the fact that Forgotten Sons beat the New Day last week on SmackDown as a reason to continue them, you know, continue featuring them in the championship picture. So I assume that's where we're going with this because a Miz and Morrison versus Lucha House Party feud just means absolutely nothing. Not that a New Day Forgotten Sons feud would be any better, but um, it just seems bigger of the two. Miz and Morrison getting the belts back, I think would be great, but do you do them in New Day again? Like we've already seen that a bunch of times. Like you said, Lucha House Party is dead in the water, so. Um, it's either Forgotten Sons or New Day. I'm going to say New Day, and they hold off in the Forgotten Sons championship win, at least for a little while. But I'm going to say New Day win here. So we go from that to the top two championship matches on this show. Uh, so we have a six-match card here as of right now. Again, more matches might be added. Uh, real quickly, if they do add Street Profits, Viking Raiders, what's your prediction for that? Um, it's a tough one. I, 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 I'll say... I'll say Viking Raiders. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like they're really high on the Viking Raiders. Not that I hate them. I think they're a good team, but I feel like they're just always on Raw. And like, like, even if they're not like in the title picture, they're always kind of on the show, like winning. Um, I'll say the Viking Raiders. Um, but, I mean, I also think it would be kind of soon to take the titles of the Street Profits. But if I was betting on it, I would say Viking Raiders. I'm going to say Street Profits just because the story they're going with is that they've never beaten the Raiders, so they I would assume they have to win at some point. I mean, I guess they could win the belts and then continue feuding. The issue is that there aren't really many other teams in that division. I know they have Ricochet and Alexander, but they can't maintain momentum to save their lives. They just lost to Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne, who I think it's way too soon to, to be promoting them to the... Uh, uh, raw tag team scene from NXT after really not doing much in NXT as a team. There might be another team I'm not thinking. Who else does Raw even have? Um, tag team wise, not really anyone else. Like, I mean, the Revival are gone. Ryder and Hawkins are gone. Who else do they have left? 
I guess you could say like freaking Garza and like Theory and them if they're gonna tag them up. But oh right, I mean, not team at this point they'll probably lose anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> um, yeah, the, it seems. I mean, it's clearly the WWE's clearly just negated the tag team division. Um, it's not really, like I said, it's not really the biggest priority for them. So that's basically why for each show, they only have three or four teams at this point. They release pretty much all the other like below average teams that they had. So unless they call somebody up, which I mean, undisputed error would be cool, but I don't want them to get called up until there's at least a crowd. I want to, I want to hear that pop. I don't mm-hmm. want them to put on raw smackdown with no fans. I would just, wouldn't do it justice. So, I would say at this point, just keep the way it is. Then once you get a crowd, start calling more teams up, I guess. For the Universal Championship, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Not the Fiend. That's going to be the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray. Um, clearly, the feud will extend beyond this pay-per-view if they're not... I mean, they've had... It's not like, oh, he's the Fiend four times a year like the Demon is. Like, you know, Finn Balor is with the Demon. The Fiend is the Fiend literally every pay-per-view. He was the Fiend back at Hell in the Cell, Super Showdown, Rumble... You know, WrestleMania, every other pay-per-view in between for the most part, aside from TLC. Um, I, I feel like he was the Fiend in one other... Oh, the... Um, not Super Showdown. Well, Super Showdown, and then the, uh, the Crown Jewel showed out as well. So, it, it's not like it's a very special thing. He's constantly the Fiend. So, I assume they're doing this to have Bray get beat, and then... I don't know if he wins the belt back ultimately, but I think this will lead to another match at the next pay-per-view, whatever that might be, whenever it is. Um, they actually haven't announced it as of right now. But, um, yeah, I think Braun wins here. I think that's kind of an easy pick. Uh, maybe Bray gets the belt back, but it doesn't do Braun any justice. Then again, he dropped the Intercontinental Championship after a month and a half. So I guess it really wouldn't be that much of a surprise. Um, but RJ, who do you think wins here? I know it's obviously way too soon for this feud, but who do you think escapes as the uh, the first chapter of the feud as the Universal Champion? Um, no, I didn't even know he was facing Bray Wyatt. I thought he was facing The Fiend this whole time. I don't really watch SmackDown too much because the show is absolutely trash. Um, but I try my <laughs> best to watch it on the YouTube channels, get the quick highlights. But, um, I think if he's Bray Wyatt, I mean, I, th- I think this is, like you said, slam dunk for Braun Strowman. Hopefully, since he just, like, faced him, beat him, he'd just be like, okay, you can't contend for a little bit, have Bray beat some other people, and then they just kind of revisit this at SummerSlam as The Fiend. I don't want them to blow it off at the next pay-per-view. This is a SummerSlam feud, a WrestleMania feud. Um, have Braun beat other guys leading the SummerSlam. Fiend versus Braun. Fiend wins the title back at SummerSlam. Who else do you think they can promote into the Universal Championship picture with, you know, Daniel Bryan? His, it, I mean, I guess they could do Daniel Bryan. I was going to say he was in the mid-card title scene, but Sami Zayn's gone for right now. And maybe Bryan, but aside from him, who else can they put in that spot with Roman Reigns gone? You know, Nakamura, Cesaro don't really mean anything. Maybe Corbin. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? I was literally just going to say, probably either Corbin, Nakamura, Cesaro. Even though they don't mean much now, you can just... They're filler until the big show, I guess, at this point. I mean, you can have... If they have another show between now and SummerSlam, you can just kind of have that as like another filler feud. But I, I would wait till SummerSlam to do Fiend and, and Braun. No, not a bad idea. I, w- I would wait until that point to do it as well. Um, let's see. For the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I've actually really liked this feud and how it's progressed over the past number of weeks. I think the way they've built it up has been great. Uh, McIntyre's promos have been awesome. He's had some good matches. Rollins in this, like, cult leader-esque, you know, character, believing all of his own bullshit is just absolute money. He's great in this role. I think it's been absolutely amazing. I think the match is going to be really good, too, if their chemistry from the last couple of years is any indication of how well they work together. Um, I think it's too soon to be taking the title off of Drew. I am slightly worried because he has been made to look really, really good in every, almost every episode of Raw up to this point. 
So usually Booking 101 says that he loses, but I also feel they wouldn't be that silly to take the belt off of him after only a month. So so what are you, what, what's your mindset with this, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, I completely agree with you. He's definitely been – I think he's been great as a babyface. I think his promo work's been well as um, – the best he's ever had i would say and like you said he has looked very strong on raw i don't think he's really he hasn't lost yet he hasn't really looked like he's even come close to losing like and even if he's gotten beat up he's got like he's gave in there come up and so that is worrying because like you said booking one-on-one he would lose here i mean technically they could just have like some kind of interference seth wins and then i guess but i just think like you said it's just too early to take the title off him um I don't know if it's just like maybe the f- crowd. I know the ratings have gone down. Maybe they're kind of worried about that, and that's why we're going to take the title off Drew. I would say it's more kind of a no fans in attendance, so people aren't tuning in. I wouldn't say the shows are missable or like you must see at all. But I, I hope Drew wins. So I think his title reign's been good, and I just don't. I, I want them to not just pull the trigger so quickly and just take it off him. I would say the only thing is. If Drew wins, like, who else on Raw do you have him face? I mean, Bobby Lashley may be down the road, uh, but after Rollins, like, they don't really have anyone really left because he's beating everyone else, so that kind of worries me as well. But I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Drew, even though I'm a big Seth guy. I think Drew is the right choice at this point. He's been great on Raw. Um, I think if there was crowds and stuff, he'd still be getting a huge pop. So I'm going to go with Drew, but... Um, wouldn't be shocked if Seth won. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad they're going all in on Drew, and I hope they continue it. And I really hope they don't, you know, get scared at the ratings. We've seen this time and time again, dude, where they try something new and it's not working after a couple of weeks, and we don't even know if it's not working because there's no fans there. That's what worries me. Like, if you're still getting big reactions, and then you know the ratings weren't great, then that's one thing. But there's no fans to really indicate that he's over, even though we probably know that he is because he was before this whole pandemic happened. Um, the ratings are as bad as they've ever been, but that's because they're not creating new stars. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, dude. When you have stuff like this, it's like the ratings are down because, yeah, Drew is a big star now. But other than that, they've created, we've, we've gone over this a million times. There's no real reason to regurgitate this, uh, you know, regurgitate this debate here. But it's like the ratings, they need new stars. And it's also mostly because there's no fans. I know a lot of people, you know, I, I think those shows have been good. I'm not saying they're must see, at least raw. I'm not talking about SmackDown, but. You know, Raw's been a good show, but it's not it's not the same without the fans. And I totally understand people not wanting to watch with there's no with there being no fans, you know. Um I do think Drew I, I do think Drew should win here, whether it be by DQ, clean, whatever. I think they can find a way to maybe have eh, I don't I wouldn't split Rollins and Buddy up just yet. Maybe Buddy inadvertently interferes and costs Rollins the belt and I, don't know, I would like to see the feud continue because they've done great work up to this point. Um, but to answer your question, uh, we, we've gone over this before, but I'll mention it again. Beyond Rollins, which I hope they can get another pay-per-view match out of beyond this Sunday, there is AJ Styles. He came back out on Raw this week. I've, I mean, we'll get to the men's Money in the Bank match later, but he's a pretty heavy contender to win the whole thing. So Drew and AJ would be, I think, a great SummerSlam feud. Not that I want to see it, but Drew and Roll- or Drew and uh, Mahal as a Raw interim program is also an option. They're in the process of, for whatever reason, rebuilding Jinder Mahal, so that's an option. There's also Randy Orton. He's on his way back to WWE uh, this coming Monday, actually, on Raw. So they have unfinished business from a couple of months ago on Raw before you know Orton went heel officially, so there is that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think there's a couple options for Drew beyond just that. Bobby, like you said, would be an option. I mean, not right now. They need to really... 
rehabilitate Bobby Andrade too, but I think there's a few options between Rollins or after Rollins. Uh, but I do think McIntyre should retain here as well. Let's see. So we got the two Money in the Bank ladder matches happening next. They are happening, not even apparently they are because WWE's outright said it, simultaneously. So we'll start with the women's. Um, I say they're two different matches, but like I said, I think they're the exact same match. Um, so for the women's one, we have Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Lacey Evans, and Nia Jax. Three from Raw, three from SmackDown. To me, there's only one outcome that makes sense here, but RJ, who do you have? I mean, I think Shayna Baszler has to win here. I mean, if she loses again, yikos. Um, I think she's the only one that makes sense. I mean, she can't lose again. It just, I think it would hurt her a ton if she lost again. I mean, even though she's like technically not getting pinned or anything, but two in a row, pay-per-views losing, isn't the greatest look. So I, I got to go with, with Shayna Baszler. Carmella, Dana Brooke doing their own thing right now. There's no real reason to have them win the briefcase. Lacey Evans is good. Um, I think she will be a champion at some point. It just doesn't really fit her babyface persona, so I don't really want to see that. Uh, Nia Jax, Asuka, um, you know, she's you know she's great. Nia Jax, I just have nothing to say on. Uh, I like Asuka, but, uh, you know, that just I, I just don't really... Uh, she's already lost to Becky multiple times, so I think Shane is the only real option here. And um, like you said, they've already actually advertised that Becky's going to confront the women's Money in the Bank holder next week on Raw. So it's like, unless they go against their own brand split rules, it's obvious that someone from Raw is winning. And it has to be Shayna. So, uh, yeah, Shayna needs a rebound win from WrestleMania. I don't think she needs the briefcase, but it's the only outcome that makes sense. I think Sasha would have been better, but she's not in the match, so oh well. Uh, We get to the men's match here. We have, from Raw, we got AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, or I'm sorry, Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black. And then from SmackDown, Otis, King Corbin, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, very, I don't want to say a random lineup, but we have a lot of talent in here. And we have three former world champions, and AJ Bryan and Mysterio, former King of the Ring winner, uh, a King of the Ring and Money in the Bank winner, and King Corbin. And then we have two up-and-comers in Otis and Aleister Black. If you asked me a week ago, which we have discussed this before, Aleister Black was everyone's early favorite, but coming off of Monday's Raw, it's got to be AJ Styles, you would have to assume, right, RJ? Yeah, I would definitely say favorite, but, I mean, I, I would rather see Aleister Black win. I just... AJ can get to the... He can, he's already been in the main event picture. Like, he doesn't need the briefcase to get there. I agree. I, I would say Aleister Black, if he doesn't win the briefcase, I just don't really see him being in the title picture anytime soon. Um, it's not really going with his gimmick that well, but I mean, I, if I was booking it, I would give it to uh, uh, Alistair Black, but I think AJ's going to win. When you were talking before about Drew not having enough heels to face after Rollins, I fear that might be the issue with Alistair because he doesn't really, he hasn't really had a real sense of direction in a while. I would say probably since the Murphy feud earlier this year. He's been a number of people. You know, he knocked off AJ at Elimination Chamber, albeit with help from The Undertaker. He beat Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. He beat Apollo Crews the night after WrestleMania. He needs more than just that, though. Um, he needs something to really take him to the next level, which is why I think Aleister Black is that the best possible person. AJ is cool, too. Never won the match before. Um, we haven't seen him in the World Championship picture since a year ago, actually, when he faced Rollins at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which was a great match, by the way. Um, I, I think it'd be cool to see him win it. You know, he doesn't have anything going on right now. The OC's gone. The Taker feud is over. This could take him back to that next level, but he could always face Drew without the briefcase. So I'm going to say AJ. I want Alistair. AJ's not worst-case scenario. 
I think worst case scenario is Corbin. The issue with Corbin, though, is this. I like Corbin. I'm in the minority here. I like Corbin a lot. He's a great heel. The issue is that I don't want to see him win the briefcase as King Corbin. I think the gimmick is absolutely atrocious. So, do you think they could do spoiler here? Have Corbin win the briefcase again and go back after the Universal Championship? They could, but I, I don't know. I'd rather see it on black, honestly. It's like, and I'm honestly a big fan of Corbin, and I hate his, the King Corbin stuff just sucks. I literally just watched NXT TakeOver 2, and he was like, it was his debut match, and it was when he was like the actual Baron, like tough Corbin. Yep. I'm like, whatever happened to this guy? So, I mean, it is possible. I mean, he screams money in the bank holder like that pesty heel. So, wouldn't say it's the worst decision, but nah, I'd, I'd, I'd way rather have it on Alistair. I think it's for company, for the actual company, Alistair Black needs it more than him. Yeah, no, exactly. I think with Alistair, he could really benefit from it. We've already seen King Corbin in the main event scene before. Not to say that he can't go back to it, but... Again, it's the same thing with AJ, where Corbin, I feel like, can go after Braun even without a briefcase. I just... He really needs to get rid of the King of the Ring thing. That is a long overstate. It's welcome. Uh, Daniel Bryan, again, doesn't need a briefcase. He's been there before. He's won it before. No real need to have him get the briefcase. Uh, Rey Mysterio, we're both big Rey Mysterio fans. I mean, he can go after the championship as he did with Brock six months ago. There's no reason for him to win. And then Otis, Otis is a wild card here. There is a chance they put the briefcase on on Otis, and as much of a joke as some people might think that is, I've, I've seen some people speculate, and I don't hate the idea, although it's, it is kind of a waste of the briefcase. You could have Otis win as a shock. And then have, you know, Mandy Rose... I mean, we, how many times have we talked about this? How inevitable is it that Mandy Rose will turn on Otis? I would hate that idea, but I think it is possible. They could have Mandy cost him the briefcase or, or the, the win when he cashes in eventually or Dolph or Sonya or whatever. Um, I like Otis doing his own thing. I don't think he really needs to win this match, but that's an option as well, wouldn't you think? It's an option, but I'm so out on that. I don't, I don't love the... Uh win the briefcase and just to lose just to lose it I mean it's meant to build new stars so out on the idea of him losing it and it also comes back to I want Alistair to win it <laughs> yeah you just really want Alistair to win and I completely agree I mean when was the last time dude that winning that the men's winning the men's briefcase really helped anyone I mean Brock won it last year and he was doing the you know in a way, that honestly, that kind of helped him. Even though Brock doesn't need helping, I mean, it kind of helped revert, you know, uh, you know, uh, resurrect his character, make it more interesting and whatever with the, uh, you know, the boombox Brock character that he was doing. I thought that was amazing. But other than that, though, I mean, Braun cashed in unsuccessfully. Corbin cashed in unsuccessfully. Dean Ambrose cashed in that same night. Um, you would have to go back to what five or six years ago. Sheamus did nothing as the Money in the Bank holder. Rollins might be the last real holder of that briefcase where he was really where he really benefited from holding it, wouldn't you? I mean, I would say so. Yeah, easily. Ambrose was already kind of on that level. He was already in the main event scene at that point, so it's not like he really needed it. Like you said, Corbin cashing successfully. Braun cashing unsuccessfully. Sheamus' reign, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Brutally bad. We were there at that TLC show. Yes. Oh my God, that was terrible. Um, but, like, Rollins was, like, I mean, I think Rollins was at that middle... Up middle upper card point when he cashed it, but like that's what made like that cashing him in and winning was like what made him what he is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he just like went after the title one, I don't think, I don't think he would have been where he is now. So besides him, everyone else just like I said needs to be Alistair Black. That's all. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get an angry text on Sunday if it's not Alistair, but we'll soon see. Alistair, I'll throw 
my phone out the window. What'd you say? If it's not Alistair, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm actually looking forward to this pay-per-view. I think both matches, or that one match, whatever, are going to be interesting, if nothing else. The WWE headquarters. Uh, we saw uh, you know, that tour, mini tour, the WWE took of the building on Monday's Raw. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the um, WWE Championship match will be good too. Not so sure about Braun and Bray or Bailey and Tamina, God no, or even the tag team title match. But I think overall, you know, if they play their cards right, this could be. Uh, I, I think this could be a decent show. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun show. I, I'm always a big fan of Money in the Bank. I remember we went. We went. When did we go? Two years ago? A year ago? Two years? Two years ago, right? Two years ago. I was there last year too because they were in Connecticut. I was there with Alexis and her brother, but uh, we were there together, me and you, two years ago in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then I went to Money in the 2014 Bank. one, right? 2014 when Rollins won it, yeah, in Boston. So, I mean, I've always been a big fan of the show. It's always like one of those B shows that you get kind of geared up for just because the Money in the Bank match is usually pretty good. Um, like we said, they don't always turn out to be great, but hey, what can you do? Um, <laughs> You said that both matches, so they're going to have both, like, both the women and the men are going to be wrestling at the same time. You're saying, Correct, right? yes, yep. I mean, that could be interesting. It could be a major cluster F, too, but mm-hmm. um, definitely interesting to see what happens. I mean, if anyone besides Shayna wins, yikes. But uh, <laughs> hopefully Alistair wins, but I think the show will be fine. Um, I'm always excited, even if the show on paper doesn't look good. I think it's just always one of those shows you get get up for. They teased, you know, possible interaction between the men and women because they're going to be in the same building. I'm very surprised now that they said that they that they didn't put Mandy in the match because Otis is in the men, so why not just put Mandy in there and have the two try to win the briefcases together? I mean, it's possible, you know. Like like I said, they did the same thing with Apollo. Maybe on SmackDown, someone gets hurt. Dana Brooke, it's please. Kind of stupid thing. I don't know. <laughs> so it's possible, but. Um, I think the interactions could be fun. Like I said, like maybe AJ and Shayna team up together and they help each other win or something like that. Or Shayna beats the shit out of King Corbin. Who knows? Like, mm-hmm. I think the possibilities are endless. So I think it should be a fun match, though. So I'm definitely excited for Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. If they don't do Mandy and Sonya one-on-one on the show, I know they're doing it Friday and SmackDown, but it would be better, in my opinion, if they did it. Um, at the pay-per-view. But if they don't, they should have just put them in the ladder match over Carmella and Dana Brooke. I mean, that would have just made way more sense. But that made, it makes almost too much sense, which is exactly why they may not have done it. But um, otherwise, though, I'm looking forward to it. The overall show should be fun. Mr. Marceau, this has been great. Any closing thoughts before we ride off into the sunset here? Any movie recommendations on Disney Plus or what have you? I don't have anything else at this point. Um, might be checking out the what you said, episode 7 and 8 soon. And, uh... Give you my two cents once I watch those uh, movies. Oh, all right. All right. Looking forward to it. I know you said that earlier. Um, yeah, definitely check out episode seven and eight. I think um, they have some spinoff movies, too, that were pretty. They had Rogue One. I mean, it's all on Disney Plus for the most part. And if they're not, they're, not, they're on Netflix. Every movie is somewhere. Um, the Marvel movies are great, too. You've actually seen a lot more of those than I thought you did. Those are great. Um, any movies that you would recommend that I check out? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, or really anything, because you recommended the draft, and I enjoyed that a couple weeks ago. So really anything that you can think of. I'm trying to think. I'm looking at my movie collection. There's nothing too great in here. <laughs> I think of movies I've seen lately. Like I've seen, I've seen, you've seen Jumanji. I know you've seen Jumanji. Love those uh, movies. Really enjoyed American this. Sniper. American Sniper with yes. I saw that when I was at Endicott with Connor. I enjoyed them. I haven't seen it since. I want to rewatch it, but I liked it though. Yeah, I rewatched that the other night. That's a good flick. 
Nothing else at the top of my head, but no, definitely American Sniper is a good movie. Um, what else do I have over here? Super bad, love that movie. That's a classic. Um, classic GSM movie. <laughs> um, so I said I don't got anything, but no, Disney Plus definitely check it out. They have good movies on there. They do. I haven't. I've yet to watch the first, or not the first, the uh, the new Aladdin movie. So I'm. I'm I recommend it. You should see uh, whatever in the princess. Oof. Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to watching that. I know they're remaking um, Hercules too. I know I mentioned the Rock Hercules, but they're remaking the animated Hercules too. Did you know that? I did not know that. I know they redid Mulan. I heard it's not as good though. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that came out yet, but I don't even really want to see that anyway. I was never a big Mulan fan to begin with. What? Yeah, not a big Mulan fan. That and oh, Pocahontas. <laughs> It's the cure for insomnia for me. Mulan, the original, is probably one of my favorites. Aladdin and Hercules, if I had to pick, like, Disney, Disney original movies, it would probably be, I'm not counting, like, Toy Story, because that's Pixar. It would probably be Aladdin and Hercules. Hercules being my number one. I fucking love Hercules. Well, Mulan's my favorite, so look how you made me feel now. <laughs> I'll rewatch it. I'll give it a rewatch, and maybe that'll be my recommendation for the week, just to see if yeah, it stands the test of time. Mulan. It is. <laughs> I think it's like one of the. Oh, I fucking love that movie. What's the name? What, what's the name of that song? Like the the biggest song from the movie, not the color of the we wind. That's from Pocahontas. What is it? We are men. <laughs> Great movie, GSM. <laughs> I'm going to pop that up right now. All right, Mr. Marceau. People can find you on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. Always a great time. I can expect you on every episode of the show moving forward for the foreseeable future. Hopefully this quarantine lasts for a while so we can continue bringing you on uh, for as much as we can. Sounds good, GSM. Looking forward to you talking to you next week about the Money in the Bank pay-per-view review. Until then, sir, have a great one. I'll catch your ass down the road. See you later, GSM. All right, see you, brother. Oh,